Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Worship Center in Brighton, Michigan. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit faithworshipcenter.org. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12, and verse 2. Hebrews, chapter 12, and verse 2. Yes. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Amen. who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I believe that Jesus did not come just to save us, but he came to change us. I believe that the same faith that saved you is the same faith that changes you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I believe that the change that you and I experience in our life is really not just for us, but it's for us to take that change and to use it to impact the lives around us. And I want to minister a few minutes on a topic entitled A Changed Generation. A Changed Generation. Would you pray with me here this morning? Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. For the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that your blood, it is our victory. That your blood not only washes away our sin, but it changes us each and every single day. Lord, I ask that you would anoint me to minister your word here today. That you would anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to us here today. And Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. And amen. amen. If there's one man in the word of God where you see probably the most drastic and significant change in their life, it was the Apostle Paul. Many of you are familiar with the background of the Apostle Paul and his history and Judaism, and really he was one of the greatest scholars of that day in Judaism. But the Bible tells us that that Saul of Tarsus, that he was persecuting the church of God, not the church of God denomination, but the body of Christ. He, He was persecuting the body of Christ. He was persecuting the church and and seeing that they were killed and seeing that they were thrown into prison. And many of you are familiar with the story on the road to Damascus on his way to to kill Christians, on his way to to throw born-again believers into prison cells. But on the way to Damascus, Paul had an awakening with Jesus Christ. Paul, he did not go to church, but church came to where he was. Jesus came to where the apostle, where Saul of Tarsus was and knocked him off his horse. And you see, sometimes God has to knock us off our horse. 
God has to bring us to the end of ourselves. God has to sometimes allow all of the things in our life to seemingly feel like they're crumbling just to wake us up and just to get our attention. And here is Saul of Tarsus and Jesus appears to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you kicking up against the pricks? Now, you know the story when Saul of Tarsus, when he got up from the ground, I believe at that moment on the road to Damascus, the apostle Paul, he got saved the moment he declared Jesus as Lord. I believe that he was born again in the eyes of God. And the Bible said that God sent him to Ananias to pray for him to receive his sight and to also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the, th- the thing about the Apostle Paul is that he was already on his way to Damascus. And God did not change his direction, but he changed his intentions. God still sent him to Damascus. But it wasn't to kill Christians, it was to use his life as a testimony as a, of the transforming power and grace of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something here today, that God takes pleasure in taking the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst of the... Maybe the church has written you off, maybe the world has written you off, maybe your family has written you off, but God has not written you off, God has called you by your name, he He's called you for such a time as this, and God wants to change your life and use your life as a testimony to this generation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And and, and the Bible said that God appeared, God gave Ananias a vision and told Ananias that the apostle Paul would be there, but that he was no longer there to persecute them, but he was now their brother. He was now a child of God and Ananias was afraid. I mean, think about all of the stories that had gone around and everybody feared Saul of Tarsus. Everybody feared uh, this religious man. And what's interesting as he went from being the one who was seeking to kill to being the one who was sought after to be killed. And the apostle Paul, God began to use in miraculous ways and God began to use as a powerful testimony of the grace and the power of God. And you know, one of the most amazing stories that I like is, is found in Acts chapter 16. And the Bible says that there was a damsel that was demonically possessed uh, with a with a spirit of uh, divination a, a spirit that allowed her to foresee of future events and speak of future events and and the bible said that this damsel that that she had masters and these masters were basically uh, uh, exploiting her and using that demonic influence for personal monetary gain and the bible said that this woman was following around the apostle so Paul, and finally, the Bible said that Paul was grieved. Paul, he got fed up with the devil, and the apostle Paul prayed for this woman, and she was delivered by the power of Almighty God. She was delivered through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. And the Bible said in chapter 16, verse 19, that when the, the masters saw that the hope of their gains were gone, that they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. In other words, the apostle Paul, 
he messed with their money. And sometimes when you mess with people's money, the, 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 the true motivation of the heart comes out. And they realize that they could not use this damsel anymore for personal profit and personal gain. But she was delivered by the power of Almighty God. And that's what God can do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the Bible said that they were so angry about the deliverance of this woman that they took Paul and Silas and they caught Paul and Silas by, by their collars. Now, back then, they didn't have church security. Unfortunately, Paul and Silas, they should have hired church security, but it didn't exist back then. But the Bible said that they, they, they caught them by their collars and, they, and that they threw Paul and Silas into a prison cell. Not only into a prison cell, but the Bible said into the, into the inner prison. Now, they would have been beaten. They would have been, I mean, possibly unconscious as they were dragged through the prison doors and, and, and through the darkness and into the, into the inner prison into a place that probably it smelt horrible it was probably rat infested and here is Paul and Silas locked up in a prison cell for serving Jesus Christ you know some people think that you know they say that persecution is coming persecution is already here well we may not see it here in the United States but I have friends around the world. I was just talking to a friend of mine from, from India just this last week who, who contacted me, a friend I went to Bible college with, and he was sharing about the threats that they face out there in India, him and his family. But the Bible said that here they are persecuted for serving the Lord. And, and isn't it interesting that they go from seeing a victory, seeing this damsel delivered by the power of God, and now they're thrown into a prison cell. You see, life is full of ups and downs. Sometimes we go through great victories, and other times we go through great trials, and we go through great tribulations, and here they are in a prison, but the Bible said then there, there came midnight. And how many, how many of you know that good things happen at midnight? Because midnight is already the start of a new day. And the Bible said that Paul and Silas, that they began to sing praises unto God. Now, I've said it before, that the greatest mistake that Satan made, it was not seeing that they were beaten. It wasn't even so much seeing them thrown into prison. But the biggest mistake that the devil made was putting them in the same cell. Because God already said where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And the Bible said that they began to sing praises to God. That the prison grounds began to shake. That the doors flung open wide. And that they were freed by the power of Almighty God. And sometimes you've just got to worship God. And you've got to praise God even when the prison door still appears to be locked you've got to give God worship and you've got to give God praise hallelujah Amen. now your victory does not come through your worship your victory does not come through your praise your victory comes through the blood of Jesus Christ and when you're looking unto Jesus and you're looking unto his shed blood then there's going to be a praise and then there's going to be a worship I don't shout to get it I shout because I've already got it I know I've already received it through the blood of Jesus Christ hallelujah and the Bible tells us here 
in the book of Acts chapter 16 that there was a jailer that was charged over all of the prisoners. And the Bible said that when he awoke, that he saw the doors open and he was afraid. He thought all of the prisoners left and he knew that his own life was in jeopardy, that he could be killed and even his family be killed for allowing all these prisoners to escape. And the Bible said that he was getting ready to take his own life. He was getting ready to give up. And the apostle Paul in verse 28 Moved on by the, by the Spirit of God, he cried with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And he called for a light and, and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and he said these words. He said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Hallelujah. <coughs> Sirs. What must I do to be saved? And you know what the apostle Paul said? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you see the change that God has brought in your life. And the deliverance that God has brought into your life is not just for you, but it, God wants to use that change to impact somebody else's life. God wants to use that change to impact a generation that is lost, that is broken, that is hurting, that is bound. God wants you to go out into the highways and the byways and to compel them to come in that his house might be filled. Hallelujah. Whether they're nameless or they're famous, whether they're wealthy or they're poor whether they're bound or they're broken or they're addicted to heroin or cocaine or alcohol this gospel is for all believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved hallelujah whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved hallelujah my heart goes out to this generation because I know that the devil is trying to destroy this next generation. God is trying to ruin, the, or the devil's trying to ruin this next generation. Yes, he is. The, the addiction in this nation with, with, with heroin and opiates and all sorts of various different drugs are at sky high levels. The amount of drugs that are coming across our border, they say, is enough to, to kill all of America three times over from fentanyl coming over our borders. The devil, he's trying to destroy this next generation. The devil is trying to deceive this generation. And we've got a lot of preachers out there that aren't willing to let them know that sin will send you to hell. If you are not willing to let the people know that sin will send you to hell, but Jesus Christ came to deliver you from your sin, then you're not a preacher. You are a hireling. We've got to come back to the word of Almighty God. Sin separates you from God for eternity, but God so loved the world that he gave his own only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life sin will destroy sin will ruin your life 
Sin will deteriorate from the inside out. Sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than what you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin is no joke, and the devil, he's out to destroy this generation. The devil, he's after the young people in 2022. You know, we had Generation X, we had Generation Y, and now we're at Generation Z. If, in case you don't know, we're at the end of the alphabet here. <laughs> but I'm believing that this next generation is going to be a generation that is used for the glory of God. I'm believing that God is going to raise up young people to be used as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, young and old, men and women, boys and girls, that are not ashamed to serve Jesus Christ, that are not ashamed to be set apart for the call of God, set apart for the plan of God, who are willing to say, though none go with me, still I will follow. I have decided to follow Jesus. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I don't care what my friends might say. I don't care what my classmates might say. I'm going forth with Jesus, and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The gospel of Jesus Christ, it's intended to change you, which means that you can't come to Jesus and stay the same way that you are. I know that there are some who present the gospel as if you can come to Jesus and just keep living like you were before you got saved. But the gospel, it, it changes you. We, we sing that song, I got Jesus on the inside, moving on the outside, bringing about a change in my life. And the Spirit of God is there to bring about a change every, every single day of your life. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And that said, and they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. Hallelujah. God has called you to go forth. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. The two greatest things that you could proclaim is number one, the blood of Jesus Christ, and number two, the testimony of what the blood of Jesus Christ has accomplished in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has called us to go forth. The devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible said that in, your la in the last days that the old men shall dream dreams, the young men shall see visions, and that your sons and your daughters, they shall prophesy. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. God wants to use you for the glory of God. And God is raising up a generation of people who are hungry for the presence of God, who are hungry for the spirit of God, who want to be used by God, who are willing to say, Lord, here I am. Send me wherever you want me to go, wherever you've called me to preach. I'm willing to follow you. I'm willing to do what you have called me to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
God, he wants his generation to experience a true change in their hearts and in their lives. How many people, they, they go into churches today and, 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 and they, they get excited, they get pumped up in the worship. And there's, uh, let me be clear, there's nothing wrong with getting excited and we ought to get excited. If you're not getting excited about the things of God, then maybe you need to get saved or maybe you just need a fresh touch from God. Because there should be a response to what God's doing in your life. There should be an excitement. But there are so many walk into churches today and they get worked up in the music and, and they jump high. But when they leave, they're not changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're not changed by the word of the Lord. You, you see, it's not enough just to go to church. It's not enough just to be around the people of God. Judas was around the church. Judas was around Jesus. Jesus, uh, Judas was around the word of God, but Judas, he started off a devil. He walked with Jesus for three and a half years and he ended off a devil. You see, it's not enough just to be around Jesus. You've got to take what you're hearing and take the preaching of the word of God and let it become real to you. Allow Jesus to make himself real in your life. Hallelujah. To change you. To change the way that you live. To change the way that you talk. To change the way that you conduct yourself. And, and, and you know, I feel bad for this generation because I think a lot of them feel expected to live up to a lot of standards, especially through social media and, and TikTok. Sometimes I think TikTok is of the devil. TikTok, it, there's nothing wrong with TikTok in and of itself. I'm not against social media, but social media, it can be used for the glory of God or it can be used as a distraction. And a lot of people feel, young people feel like they have to compromise their own morality in order to reach, in order to be accepted in this culture and to be accepted by their peers. But as a child of God, you don't have to give into those expectations you don't have to give in to those standards. You have a different standard, Amen. and that's the word of God. You have been called to a greater purpose. Amen. I know that people in this generation, they're yearning for more likes. They're yearning for more followers. You know, they say that uh, social media, that the physical reaction that people get from social media, interaction on social media, support on social media, that it's the same physical reaction that people get when they're out gambling. It's a, it becomes a, an addictive thing where they have to have that approval and they have to have that acceptance and they have to have that the, the, the other people basically place their seal of approval upon them. And the thing is, is that it's never enough. They just feel like they got to do more and more and more and more to gain more acceptance, more approval, but you don't need any of their approval. What you need is God's approval. God has set you apart. God wants to use you for his glory. For the glory of God, all of those things are vain, they're empty, there's nothing, once, once again, there's nothing wrong with social media, but we got to be focused on getting God's approval. We've got to be focused on doing what will bring glory to his name, what will be beneficial to our testimony, what God can use uh, in our life as a testimony of his grace and of his glory. 
It's one thing to go to church and it's one thing to worship. Praise God for that. But what kind of testimony are we setting to this generation? And, and, and you know, I, I also want to say this, that I believe that in ministry, sometimes people get kind of stuck with how they've always done things in the past. And, 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 you know, I've said it before, I believe that leaders are always learners. I think that leaders always should be thinking about the next generation. What can I do to reach this next generation? What changes am I willing to make? Because the generations are always changing. Uh, people are always changing. And although the word of God and the message never changes, yeah. sometimes there are things that are non-spiritual that we can... Paul said, I've become all things to all men that I might win some. A lot of churches out there, they want all men to become like them so that they can win some. But that's not how it works. Paul, he was willing to accommodate to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. You still with me here this morning? Amen. You know, we, we have a generation today that they, they want what they want right away. You know, I was listening to an interview with the, the CEO of Ritz-Carlton, which is one of the most nicest uh, resort chains here in America and other nations as well, who's a born-again Christian. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, doing things with excellence. But he was also mentioning how times have changed and how generations have changed. And it used to be that what people wanted were fancy chandeliers in the lobby, and that's what made people happy. But now he said it's more so about convenience and people getting what they want right, right away, right now. And he talked about how it used to be that, the, that they'd be willing to wait on average, you know, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you know, for service. And now it's about two or three minutes. And so he was talking about accommodating in order to, uh, to, to, to be good for his business and be good for his company. And, and there's certain things that you learn in presentation, things that can help you reach this next generation. And once again, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about changing the gospel. I'm not talking about changing the message. But there are some churches out there that are so determined on always doing things the way that they've always done them. And then they just die out and then they're not reaching anybody. Uh, and, and so the question I would like to ask them is, was it worth it? Because I, I believe that there's certain things that there's no question do not change. The word of God does not change. The message of Jesus Christ and him crucified doesn't change, but we might make some other changes. Amen. Amen. Kind of like when we got rid of the pews and put in these nice comfortable chairs that I see y'all love in this place here this morning. <laughs> And, and, and so sometimes we've got to, to be willing to make personal changes. And, and, you know, sometimes people will take personal preferences and then they'll turn them into a standard of righteousness. Um, you see it in all different capacities. For some church, churches, it's the women can't wear makeup. Uh, they can't wear jeans. They have to wear dresses. Uh, and, and for other churches, it's the preacher has to wear a tie, and, and, and you, you can only sing these songs, and you can't sing these. My question is, what's going to further the kingdom of God? What's going to bless people? What's going to lead people into worship? What's anointed by the Spirit? If it's anointed by the Spirit of God, if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for me. Amen? Amen. And, and if it's ministering to my heart, I believe it can minister to other people's hearts. Amen? Now, I believe that God uses 
new music and he uses older music and and we like to have a variety of both and some people think that older people can't worship to new music and I I beg to differ I I've seen uh, large churches full of older people hands lifted to God worshiping their heart out uh, to newer worship music and so I always ask the question what's going to help us reach this next generation what changes am I willing to make I always I always start with myself what, what changes am I able to make? Maybe preferences that I've had that I'm willing to adjust in order to reach this next generation. Can I just tell you here today that when someone's bound by cocaine or bound by heroin and, and they walk into church stores, they don't care if the preacher is wearing a tie. They, they don't care if the women are wearing jeans or dresses. None of those things are going to have any impact on their life, but they will care if somebody is preaching the word of God, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified, because that's what's going to change their heart, and that's what's going to change, our, change their lives. And so no matter what season we're in, as we're moving forward as a church, the gospel is going to stay the same. The gospel will not be compromised, and the presence of God, the moving and the operation of the spirit of God will always be the greatest priority in this church. Amen. 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 Because no matter what the church looks like, what matters is, is the spirit of God there. Is the spirit of God ministering to hearts and ministering to lives. That's the number one priority. And we also, we want to do things, as I mentioned recently, in excellence, because I believe that, that presentation is a seed for acceptance. And oftentimes, the way something is presented will determine whether or not it's accepted, whether it's true or it's false. And we can have the truth, but if we don't present it the right way, and we don't present it in love, and we don't pre present it in humility and a true burden for people, then it can actually be counterproductive. And I think some of you have witnessed that before, where people can have the truth, what they're saying doctrinally is true, but the spirit is wrong or the presentation is wrong. Paul said to speak the truth in love. Not just to speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. There should be a burden in your heart for the people that you're preaching to. You should truly care and desire to see those you preach to to come into the knowledge of the truth. God hasn't called us to have a sectarian spirit. He's called us to, to reach out with the gospel. Uh, I saw a great post on social media recently, and it said the Holy Spirit will never drive the harvest away. The Spirit of God will bring the harvest in. Amen? We never want to be a church that drives the harvest away. We never want to be a church that drives the unsaved away. We want to be a church that reaches out and brings the harvest in for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God to preach the word of God in love and humility and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We've got a generation to reach. God wants this generation to experience a true change that can only come through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Singers and musicians can come back. Amen. I'm believing for a changed generation. Amen. I'm believing for more young people Amen. to be saved. Amen. Young people from broken homes, lack of care, 
lack of parents who do not know the love of Jesus Christ to come into this church and to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, to sense the presence of God. I can tell you here today, you'll never walk in this church and sense the spirit of religion or tradition. We are a church that allows the spirit of God to have his way in every area of this, of this ministry. And we want people when they walk in to experience a true change for the glory of God. I still remember soon after I came up here, you know, here in Michigan, there's a lot of tradition. There's a lot of just religious motions. I still remember saying the words when I came up here that if people want religion, if they want tradition, there are plenty of churches out there where they can find that. But we're not here for tradition. We're not here for religion. We're here for a true move of the Spirit of God. We're here to see people saved. We're here to see people delivered. We're here to see people born again. We're here to see people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And I'm believing God to raise up more leaders for the glory of God, people who have a burden for this next generation, people have a bur- who have a burden for the unsaved, people who are mission-minded and want to see this generation come to Jesus Christ.